Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, and myself, LeVar Arrington. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. It's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you are making us a part of your Monday morning. We appreciate you doing so. We're going to take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific right here on Fox Sports Radio. If you are just tuning into the program, uh, you missed a riveting first hour. Everything from Sean McVay to Aaron Rodgers to to Stetson Cologne, to a Zion float and a fart drop uh, that we thought was new, but Drops. actually has been used Floral. before. Yeah, Drops. three of those. There were uh, three that hit. So just, I, I think... Uh, and all three had their own distinction, by the way. And I think that hour alone would put us in the Hall of Fame, this show. I mean, that's great content, Yeah, if you ask me. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to disagree, Solid. respectfully. Yeah. Um, but I, I respectfully disagree with that. Okay, yeah. very good. I don't know, man. As that's, long as it's respectful. That's the content people remember. They'll remember us talking about those F noises, the, the, the gas noises over us talking about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. By the way, F noises equal fart noises. Yes, that's uh, Just correct. in case someone <laughs> yes. might misinterpret. Well, I want it to be provocative. <laughs> I, I wanted people to actually yeah. try to interpret it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I love that. I, I, no, I, no, I, my bad. I didn't see that. No, it was okay for you to do it, though. I mean, but. Okay. I definitely want to be provocative so that well, we just can get in closer case, to the Hall of Fame, you know. Just in case they didn't get it, hopefully yeah. that, that yeah, yeah. yeah. Gets, well, well, I'm with you. You know, we, you know, I get it. Uh, all right. So, all right. Um, okay. Here's uh, listen, but yeah. I, I think as long as it's respectful that he had disagreed, just in a respectful way, I think that's really what. That's, uh, that's all right. What, we don't have to always here. agree. Um, We're going to get there, though. Yeah. Uh, right. So okay. here's the uh, the latest uh, scuttlebug. Is that what it is? Scuttlebutt or bug? But who scuttlebutt. cares? Scuttlebutt. Uh, yeah. Who cares? Okay. Um, here's the uh, the latest on the uh, high paid broadcasters using uh, Amazon as leverage front. Uh, Kirk Herb Street. Uh, this report out from uh, Andrew Marchand of the uh, New York Post uh, says that uh, he is getting some interest from Amazon to do Thursday Night Football. Now, they uh, reportedly were going to meet with Sean McVay. We talked about that last hour. Five years, $100 million on the table. Uh, Troy Aikman, I know there was conversations. Maybe they would kick the tires on that. Aikman looks like he's headed to Monday Night Football, though that hasn't been made official. I don't even think Aikman's uh, said anything official on that front. But now we got Kirk Herbstreet, the longtime lead analyst for college football for ESPN and there is some conversation that's happening that maybe he would still do college football for ESPN and do uh, Thursday Night Football with Amazon. Why does it feel like this isn't going to be the last time that we hear of uh, a broadcaster kicking the tires on a potential deal with Amazon trying to get a better deal from his uh, current employer? feels like we're heading in that well, direction. Hold here. on for a second. How many college football head coaches got extensions and paydays off LSU and USC <laughs> openings this past? I mean, it's course. the same thing, is it not? Yes. Like, uh, remember when Nick Saban was uh, seriously considering the uh, the Texas job years ago? Yes. Yeah, yeah yes. there was that too. Yeah, There's that, mm, yeah. yeah. 
I, I just um, I, there's I, there's a number of ways of unpacking this. The first, I would begin by saying, what's taken the NFL or that level so long to now give him give Kirk Herbstreit a shot? He's been one of the best game analyst analysts in college football forever. And it's, it gets to a point, I think, when you truly make it as a broadcaster, as an analyst, people recognize you as that and not as an athlete. Now, it's incredibly difficult to do when you're someone like Troy Aikman, who won three Super Bowls, he played for a huge brand, and he's had a ton of success. But you get to a point where people recognize him as, oh, that's the guy that calls the game. He does a really good job. Like, no one knows Kirk Herbstreet's backstory in football, probably for the younger generation. And it doesn't matter because he does a tremendous job at what he does. And, and I think – and this is, again, not disrespectful to you know, Chris Collinsworth or anyone else. Chris Collinsworth played in a Super Bowl. How many kids, if you polled today and you asked them about the Sunday Night Football career, have any idea about Chris Collinsworth's career, which was a good NFL career? N- not many. And so I look at it and go, it was only a matter of time before ESPN Disney – made a move like this with Herb Street to Monday Night Football or someone else came after Kirk Herb Street. So uh, kudos to him because he's done a tremendous job, worked his tail off doing you know, their pregame show, games, flying around all the time. And he really did build it up like, the, the, like I want to say the low-key way. Like I, when I was in high school, there was literally a Flanagan's in Columbus, Ohio, we're really in Dublin, Ohio, <laughs> off Sawmill Road. Is that an Irish, Irish establishment, Brady? It is. Oh, it okay. has to be an Weird. Irish establishment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell, I'm not going to get into too many stories there. Not, not to do with me, but I remember being taken there as, as a young kid with a, uh, a family member who you know, may or may not have been you know, dating two women at one time, and I was helping to yeah. – that that's a whole other story. Oh, but wow. I, I digress. I digress. Well, you know, I, was I used to – I, well, I'll tell you that on <laughs> next break. Because uh, I'll, I'll end up airing you out by accident. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll come in one day and, then, you know, I'm sorry. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, so I used to go see Kirk Herbstreet. This is back in like 2000, 2001. He would, they would give away this, this weekly award, and I happened to win it a number of times. So I, I, I saw him so often from that that I got to have a close relationship with him. At that point in time – he was doing local radio for the Columbus ESPN affiliate, and then he was starting to kind of climb up as, as a game analyst, as an announcer. And then, uh, like a few years later, he's on game day. And then after that, he all of a sudden is, is the number one guy. I mean, it was literally a, a meteoric rise over like six years, seven years. And, and I remember like him calling me before games in college to get like some inside scoops and all because we had that sort of relationship. So it's just it's, – it's incredible to see his rise and what he's been able to build. It's more surprising to me that then over that span of time, ESPN's gotten to the point where they've maybe taken him for granted. And he's been well compensated. But just the fact to say that, well, he didn't have an NFL career. So he can't, you know, he can't call NFL games, which is a. And there's some people who feel that way, and there's some people who easier. don't. I can't stand that. It's actually easier to call a pro I, game than there is to call a college game. I 100% agree, but the problem is the executives who make these decisions. Yeah. They will sit there and say, well, he doesn't have the credibility on his resume, right? which is complete BS because if the, how many people do we know in our lives who are great at teaching something but couldn't do it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. Like, there's coach. I had a great coach. Never played. Great coach, though. Could teach you all sorts of things about the game and scheme, but he couldn't play. He couldn't physically do it. 
I mean, that happens all the time. So I think this is an instance where I'm, I'm glad Amazon's coming after them. I'm glad we'll get another, you know, to me, one of the best in the business to do it. But it, another thing is he's done it the right way. And yeah, the unfortunate part is in order to get the money up, like Romo and what Troy Aikman's reportedly going to make, he almost would have to do, you know, Thursday Night Football and maybe this, you know, with, with, with Amazon or, or uh, excuse me, and, and college football on Saturdays. Maybe not. Like, I don't know if ESPN will let him do that. But either way, good for Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah. I'm a big Kirk Her- Herbstreit fan. Uh, have been for a long time. Um, I, I, I built a relationship and a rapport with him when I was playing in college. And um, he's always been a solid dude. Always has been a guy who, you know, the one thing that I look for when I'm listening to to guys who are um, call guys is are they improving? You know, if they, they start off as a studio person and they end up calling games or even just on the studio, you know, seats, are they improving? You know, I watch I watch the big noon show. I'm look who's on the who's on the panel, who's improving. Our guy Matt Liner. Yeah, right? Yeah. Are they improving? And and to me, that's how I base and judge, you know, success of of what somebody's doing. And Kirk Herbstreet has always continued to, from my estimation, improve in terms of delivery, in terms of energy and confidence. And it's very difficult to make things feel comfortable and easy, um, comprehensible, uh, entertaining. And and not intrusive at the same time. You when you do what what it is that we do in media, there are so many so many elements that you have to balance out in order to equal a recipe of entertainment success and and add longevity to that. And Kirk Herbstreit has been one of those. You know, he's been a he's been a model citizen in terms of examples of how you are supposed to go about your business. I mean, there aren't I can't think of anybody who would have anything really bad to say no. about Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah, know, his reputation is impeccable. Uh, the, the 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 part that Brady well, brought up. That I mean, I, I don't know. Some you know of those something. signs out there on game day would say otherwise, but that's yeah. that's neither here nor there. Yeah, well, you know, those are uh, you know <laughs> that's al- a little, alcoholics little, dressed yeah. up as college football fans. A little different uh, motivation from uh, them. Now, here's <laughs> the one thing Brady brought up that I totally agree with, and I've never understood it. This idea that you you had to have been a great player, had this long career to be the, to be hired as an analyst. I, I totally disagree. I think that's one of the dumbest things out there. And and does anybody remember Bill Belichick's NFL career as a player? Yeah, I don't either. Did he play? Uh, I no, oh. no. But so so the idea that you've got to have this this resume as a player in the league in order to be considered a solid analyst, I, I just think is so so antiquated. It doesn't make sense. And if Kirk Herbstreit didn't have a career, and executives were delaying on giving him an opportunity to call NFL games because he didn't have a career. What does that matter? He still knows football. All right. A lot of there's a lot of reasons why a guy didn't have a successful NFL career. It could have been injuries. It could have been situation. It could have been all sorts of things. But it doesn't mean that all of a sudden we disqualify him from being an analyst but or being hired for very, the game. He's had a very, very, very successful career yeah. branded to college. And I think that that may work more against him even more so than the experience as the player. I think that when you look at his brand, he's on brand with college football. And I think right. that sometimes you run the risk of that not trans translating into calling 
pro games. Look, Gus Johnson. He's been doing it for a long time. Gus Johnson's one of the best in the business. Uh, when Gus Johnson's got one of those voices, when when Gus Johnson and Joel Clatter on the call, it feels like a big game. There's yep. a big game, just like Joe yep. Buck. When when Gus but, Johnson but is Gus is branded to other things, like he's done soccer, he's done the yeah, Olympics. But, That's, but Kirk Herbstreit is when you think Kirk Herbstreit, you think college football. That's the first yeah, and only thing you Gus think. Gus is college he's, sports, and when he does NFL games, I'm a fan yeah. of it. Again, he, it's, it's – go ahead, go ahead, Brady. Go no, ahead. no, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I think the times I've watched them do NFL games, because they have, I, I, don't, I don't notice it as much. Like, I, I think I relate him more to just football. Like, like when I hear him, I think more football. I, I think he's been in college for so long, and the way ESPN has propped him up on a platform for so long, it's become that – and maybe that's honestly hurt him in this whole conversation. It does. Because they've, they've put him in this corner and they're like, nope, nope, you can't come out. That's, that's where you have to stay. You have to, you have to be our college football guy. And I, if I'm him, I'm probably frustrated because I'm like, dude, I'm one of the best in this business. And I know I helped you build this, but I, I, I can do other things or I should be compensated more for all the work I'm putting in. You said something earlier. You said a hey, broadcast and NFL games easier than college. Yeah. And I think that's what will make this much easier for him moving forward if he and does Dean take this job. Because, look, I don't, I don't want people to be misconstrued with as far as all what goes into it and, and, and calling games easier one level or the other. When, when you say it's easier in the NFL, what you're saying is there's less there's teams. Less, yeah, you less know players. the players. Right. It's easier to find definitive stats and different things. I mean, people probably don't realize this. There are some schools where they'll send you their official notes they will go back and change stats. Oh. So they'll keep their own stats versus what's actually out there in other college football databases. No. I swear to you. So, like, you'll have a difference in, like, a tackle here or there or a half sack versus a sack. And so, so you get these little nuances, like, does he have 11 and a half sacks this year or 12? Like, it's, it's little things like that. You have multiple jersey numbers. Okay, so you yeah. can have the same number on offense and defense. I mean, you've got guys sometimes who have to put on a jersey with no name on the back because they've got, they've got to wear that just to be out there for special teams, and they put on their normal jersey for offense or defense. So you have all these things and these bigger rosters, and you're talking about young players who are coming from high school, which is even less information out there, as opposed to the NFL, which you have almost too much information. Like, you get to an NFL game, and you watch it, and you go, I have so much stuff I can say, but I don't, I don't want to get in the way of what's a great game and people at home who just want to have a beer and watch a game. You know, so in that sense, and it's way more structured, too. The game's quicker. Like, that's what we're talking about. It's not – and by the way, you get access to all the coaches and everyone. In, in college, it's like, if Jim Harbaugh's having a bad day, guess what? You're, you're lucky to get a conference call depending on if he makes his <laughs> schedule available for you. You know? That's how that works. So, in that sense, that's what I think maybe LeVar is speaking to, or at least I can speak to and say, it's easier with the NFL because yeah. you don't have as many restrictions in the access and the game flow and all that stuff. That's right. It's uh, two pros and a cup of joe here on Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. All right, so coming up next, uh, there's a team in the NFL uh, who all of a sudden could be looking to make a change at quarterback. We will get into the latest right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific 
on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Coming up later on this hour, we are going to have an FSR IR where we report some issues, uh, some injuries uh, throughout the course of the weekend for everybody on the show. Uh, And uh, LeVar Arrington's got one with um, a superstar in the NFL. Involving nice. a superstar in the NFL, so we will get to that uh, so FSRIR. What? It's so predictable. Well, I'm just saying. Like well, the minute a, you say that, everybody's like, "Oh, we know who that is." Oh, there's but a lot you of, probably don't because yeah. I am connected to quite a few. Uh, you are superstars. Trying to put people up on a little bit of game here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say. Um, I appreciate you being the lead in. You know the the prelims for me. The, the undercard. The undercard. Uh, yeah, the yeah, undercard. Appreciate that. Uh, but uh, it is a race, by the way, here in the studio to see who's going to get bo first because uh, it is hot. Uh, the uh, for a little behind the scenes here, uh, the fire alarms went off. But the alarm didn't go off. Now the lights are just flashing. And so is it like an it's automatic? It's 1.30. 1.30 a.m. Oh, so, wow. so it's like an automatic shutdown of the AC and the ventilation here. Like it is... <laughs> Like Birdo's sweating. It feels amazing to me. Uh, yeah. Like it's, we are sweating I'm our ass off it, here. Because I'm always freezing. Always. So it's like I was wondering why I was so comfortable when I came in here today. You know, it's like the lights are flickering and that's interesting. Tad bit annoying, but... You know, you could convince yourself like you're like in the nightclub. Like it's like it's like <laughs> swamp, wait swampy. Se- wait a second, was swampy that on the Berto? air? Okay, you want to tell uh, Brady that? It's kind of gross. It's really gross. Anyways, let's move on. It is just uh, unbelievable. No reason to keep Roberto's. Uh, oh my outburst. god! <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. There's a uh, yeah. So you we guys are, are really hot, huh? Yeah, like, like legitimately hot. Like I, I'm like I'm smelling myself because I'm like this is gonna get uh, this is gonna get gross in a minute. Interesting. So. Just telling you, man. Okay. <laughs> Mask up because uh, it's gonna get uh, it's gonna get deadly in here. Uh, all right, uh, so we're uh, gonna get to this uh, story in the NFL here coming up in just a moment. Uh, apparently, one team uh, looking at a, a potential quarterback change. I uh, want to let you know if you need to hire, then you need Indeed. The all-in-one hiring platform helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Finding your next great hire has never been more streamlined. Visit Indeed.com/credit. All right. So So this, uh, according to Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com, the Browns will explore all available free agent and rookie quarterbacks this offseason, which means um, Baker Mayfield, uh, if we thought last year was a a big year for Baker Mayfield during his time and tenure with the Cleveland Browns, uh, it looks like uh, this one's going to heat up. So uh, Baker Mayfield coming off the injury-riddled season. Uh, The Browns still uh, maybe trying to figure out what they want to do long term. But uh, this does feel like a, a prove-it situation there for uh, for your Cleveland Browns there, Brady Quinn and Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah, I think we all kind of knew that, given the circumstances and scenario, which really sets us up for a potential Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins type of showdown here. Um, and, and if you're betting against Baker Mayfield, I think you're going to be proven wrong, um, especially if you look at just his time – you know, his period of time with the Browns. One offensive rookie of the year's first year, set a touchdown record that year for rookie quarterbacks. It's since been beaten, but still uh, was a first then. Uh, second year wasn't as good, but then you saw him kind of bounce back in his third year, and last year he was playing banged up. So 
I, I just think if, if you're going to bet against him this year, all right, he's, he's going to prove you wrong, and you're going to have to own up to it. The, the hard part about the Baker Mayfield situation in Cleveland is, you know, he was the number one overall pick. And so he gets compared to other guys like Joe Burrow, for example, who just took his team to a Super Bowl in year two as their quarterback. And, and, and I don't know that it's necessarily, you know, fair to compare, but that's how it works, you know, because of where he was drafted and where the Browns were at when he was drafted, similar to where the Bengals were at when they drafted Joe Burrow. So th- those two are always going to be compared. You know, they have to compete against each other in state. You got other first-round quarterbacks that were drafted in and around that time of Baker Mayfield that have won the MVP or have already proven themselves to be a quarterback that's worthy of getting a second contract. So that's out there, too, in comparison. Like, that's the tough thing about this is you're, you're now four years in to Baker Mayfield being the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, and people still have questions. We didn't have those questions with Josh Allen after year three. We didn't have those questions after year one for Patrick Mahomes. After the first couple of years with Lamar Jackson, you might have questions about his ability to you know, throw from the pocket or whatever argument you want to make, but no one's going to debate he's not one of the top quarterbacks in the league. So you can start going down the line of all these quarterbacks that you, they've either solidified themselves very quickly or they have it at this point. And, and how many are going to kind of turn it all around? And so then you've got your unique scenarios of Dak Prescott, who went through some injuries and obviously played well enough but hadn't quite convinced Dallas. And he's still there, and he ended up proving, it, you know, proving otherwise. And then there's Kirk Cousins, which I, I don't know where you guys sit on that, but, I mean, LeVar, you kind of sat there and watched you know, during his time with Washington. I, I always thought he kind of did enough, but I don't know if he was appreciated enough. And he found his way to Minnesota, has made a ton of money. And, again, I don't know if he – you know, has done enough to prove it in everyone's minds, but he's definitely a productive, consistent player. So it seems like it's headed in one of those two directions. Man, Baker Mayfield is one of those guys. It could be hit or miss moving forward. It's it's like you're still waiting for that that breakout moment where it's like, yep, that's that's what we thought he was going to be, and and largely in part we do this because of what they are able to accomplish at the college level. I mean, if you think about the guy before him, it was Johnny Football. And if you would have thought he would have fell off uh, the face of the planet the way that he did, I mean, some people thought, you know, just his the way he did, did things was maybe foreshadowing as to what was to come for him. But no one would question his ability to be able to deliver and produce in big games. Uh, you look at Baker Mayfield, I think he's like the most comparable personality and and player to Johnny Johnny Football. If you really take take a, a, a step back and look at it and say, okay, body type, you know, the way they move around, their their mental, emotional disposition and 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 how they they do things, you find yourself looking like, man, they're so similar. And He's outperformed what Johnny Manziel was able to do in Cleveland, but not by much, I would say. Not by much. And there's this notion that you look at a team that is in poor, poor shape as Cleveland was when Johnny Football got there, and you say to yourself, Bro, hold on. Johnny Manziel started eight games in Cleveland. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. I, I don't think they're even comparable. I mean, that was – I'm coming, sorry. That, coming out I, of college is certainly comparable. Coming out. Well, I would say their style of play was drastically different. I mean, well, you had one who 
play within the confines of his system from the pocket, and the other was probably best suited when things broke down and, and kind of playing backyard football. I, I think, and, I, and here's the thing is, just from you know, my times being around Baker, it's an unfair comparison because of how Johnny Banzel's career and life has played out off the field. And, and so that's why I just – I can't – like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, there, it's an apples to oranges comparison. It's not even close. I mean, Baker, oh. he's won Offensive Rookie of the Year. That's he's, fair. He, he's taken his team to the playoffs and won a game in the playoffs. Like, that's fair. But I'm just saying also, they, they're, also, they're, they're not I mean, even close. They're not I, even close. And, the, I mean, and their builds are entirely different. I mean – I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it's so much different, and, and I think oh. it's comparable. I, I mean, again, I think any Browns fan would tell you that is as different of two quarterbacks as you'll find. Well, I find there to be comparisons, and you're welcome to you, entitled to your opinion, and so are the Browns fans. And I guess I'm going to be entitled to mine as well. And in this scenario, I look at it, that's how I look at it. And yes, Baker has accomplished more. And as I was, I was getting to, they did make it to the playoffs, and they did make it as far as they've made it in quite some time, as the Cleveland Browns have, have done in the past. But with that being said, when I look at how things pan out and how they play out, you can no longer look at saying, okay, can Johnny Manziel come in and change the fortunes of, of this, this franchise? When I look at Baker Mayfield, I, we're going to ask the question, could he or has he or can he change the fortunes of this franchise moving forward? And that, that being the question, the biggest question of what it is, I don't know. I don't. I'm not convinced that he can move move right. the needle, move the ball forward with with Cleveland at this point. Ba- based on where it, they were and where they are now, I think I think he's more than uh, put them on the map as far as I, I think it's. It, but, I mean, and I'll put it this way, Lavar. Lavar, I'll put it this way. Johnny Manziel played two years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Johnny Manziel couldn't get a job after that in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield right now, if he became a free agent, is he a quarterback and at least competing for a starting job next season? Yeah, absolutely. Even maybe okay. possibly trade. Trade. He has trade value. Trade for value. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. But but when I made the comparison, I made the comparison in terms. Well, we're of not. Coming we're not out. comparing them when they're coming out. We're saying right now. Yeah, it's, it's, but, it's two but entirely again, different conversations right now. It's not because they they were both on their 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 rookie contracts. They, he's still on his rookie contract. Pro, one goes <laughs> out of the league. One is now being it's now being debated if he's going to to stay with the team or not. I think they're both comparable. To be honest, I, I, see, I think from my perspective, I mean that's 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 all I get paid to do is get mine, not yours. What do you think, uh, Kevin Stefanski's? <laughs> uh, I mean, just being honest. <laughs> what what do you what do you do you think Kevin Stefanski is a Baker Mayfield guy? Because I actually I look at this and I wonder if more a more similar comp or something that would be a little closer is the Trubisky time in Chicago. You got to look at what Baker Mayfield is capable of doing with the team at this point. Do okay. You, do if if that determines if he's a Stefanski guy, do you think that that Baker Mayfield can, if healthy, can take this team to the next step and to the next level? Which now you got to ask yourself, what's that? Is that the third round of the of the playoffs? Is is that like making it to the championship round for, of the AFC? What I, what is that? I'm more confident in the Browns next year than the Steelers. I'll put it that way. So yeah, uh, just be, they don't even have a quarterback. Yeah, but that's you know we're talking about where they stand in the division. I'm I'm more confident. And the Steelers were just in the postseason. They were just in the playoffs. The Browns were in the playoffs two years ago. They were riddled with injuries. Not just Baker Mayfield, but obviously all the stuff that happened with Odell. They had injuries on the offensive line. Like it was you know not a good year in Cleveland. I just wonder. If 
the Browns view Baker Mayfield as the quarterback who who helped get, because this franchise was terrible. I mean, under Hugh Jackson, they were awful. They've no doubt about it. Improved and are in a much better spot now. I just wonder how they feel about him internally. The, the argument is not about Baker Mayfield and whether he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL, which again, not to go back on it, but that was over with Johnny Manziel very quickly. It was understood early in his career, in his first year as a rookie, and it was understood by his second year. It was done. It was over with. I mean, you have teams in startup leagues wanting to bring him on more as a – because he's got some buzz around him. He's a former Heisman winner. A completely different scenario. Baker Mayfield's a starting quarterback in the NFL. The concern is – and he could have signed a, a long-term extension before last year. The problem is the value of what he is versus what's being signed out there. If, if we – and we always talk about this. It's not about always if you're the best at your position. It's when your deal's up. And if the price of a franchise quarterback is X, when your deal's up, you're going to say to your team, hey, this is what other guys are signing for. This is what other guys' contracts look like that are franchise quarterbacks. And they might be saying, look, we like you as our franchise quarterback, but we're not paying you $40 million a year. We're not paying you, you know, more than thirty-five or 30, whatever the case is, and and they'll they'll look these negotiations behind the scenes. They'll have statistical comparisons to guys who either came in around Baker Mayfield or what they did last year compared to Baker Mayfield. All that stuff. They'll have all these advanced statistics and things. They'll look at other guys out there in the league who are playing in a similar fashion, and that's what the team will do to base their offer. And the agent will come back and say, "Okay, well, what's your alternative?" Are you going to draft one in this year's draft class? Weak draft class. Are you going to sign a free agent quarterback? The only one that you think is probably worthwhile is Jameis Winston, and he's coming off a torn ACL. So if you're really looking at this scenario for the Browns, they can report that they're looking at free agent quarterbacks. They can report that they're looking at this year's draft class. Baker Mayfield would be by far and away the top quarterback in this year's draft class. It's not even close. So they have no recourse. They have no other position here other than to come up with their best offer, at least they should, Otherwise, if he balls out this year, they're in trouble because now they have to go the structure of the three franchise tag route, and that's going to be astronomical. And if you don't agree to it then and you force him to play under the tag again, that price only goes up, and so he eventually gets what he wants. Like I just think Cleveland made the mistake in not offering him before this past season. And I know you look back and go, well, he didn't play well, and you know we can use the excuse of you know playing banged up, but everyone's banged up. The truth is, if he's healthy and he plays well this season, it's going to hurt that much worse, and he's only going to get that much more money, average annual salary per season. But that's what the debate is. It's not about whether or not the Browns like him or they think he's a franchise quarterback. It's how much they're willing to sign him to and what he thinks he deserves. I don't know if they believe in him. And if you don't, well, if you don't fully I can, believe I can tell in you him, from inside source people do. But if, if you don't necessarily fully believe in him, then you're not going to offer out that contract. If you're not going to offer out that contract, then now the question becomes, has this team hit its ceiling? When they when they made it to where they made it to in the playoffs, did they hit their ceiling? And if you're not thinking about that as a front office person, then, you know, you're not taking in the full the full information, the full picture of what it is that maybe you're trying to to create in the organization. Can he take you to the next level? Before you pay that that contract, can he take you to the next level, or is he just good enough where we 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 don't have any other recourse, we don't have any other action to take, so we keep him? And if that's what you're doing, 
then, then, I mean, how many people are aware of that? Are the players aware of that? Are the fan base, are they aware of that? Because if that's, if that's the qualifier, then, then yeah. how can the, you say you fully believe in them? The hard part about that is Josh Allen got paid a second contract b- before, if I'm not mistaken, Baker, May- Baker Mayfield has done the same thing as Josh Allen as far as how far he's taken the team. Yeah, that's, that's the hard part. Two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, it is the FSRIR, and it's a superstar in the NFL who's got a major involvement in all of it. It's yours right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, it's two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up top of next hour, a little over 10 minutes from now, uh, an interesting what-if scenario in the NFL. Uh, I, I don't know how legitimate this story is, but it is interesting to talk about. We will get into that discussion here. Again, top of next hour, a little over 10 minutes from now. Before we have uh, this very all-pro edition of the FSR IR, I want to let you know we are brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company and that's why discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year discover exceptionally common sense learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply after your sports weekend happens so it's time to get the fsr ir report all right this is where we report any uh, issues injuries problems uh you problems. know anybody want to uh, step up here uh lavar errington you want to uh, go first well, i mean you've been teasing it <laughs> the yeah whole let's time, go so I might as well just get it out there i mean i am icing my back currently right now as we sit here yeah. and do the show and you know i didn't think that i would be sore or anything like that it was you know hanging out with micah parsons this this weekend uh he was in town and you know we cooked and played chess and hold on let me things. get that name you just dropped hold on yeah so oh. go ahead <laughs> so so we start wrestling in in the kitchen and and micah still has yet to best me in wrestling as well so so it's kind of got like pretty competitive my, my my competitive nature is old and as flimsy and out of shape as I am. I just could not. My pride couldn't allow for me to get hemmed up by him in, in a way where I had to tell him to get off of me. Um, so fast forward, his one of his best friends is over there as well, and and they jumped me, like they oh. they kind of rushed me at the same time, and I couldn't I couldn't hold him off. So they got me down, and I'm fighting, and this and that. And the only way I could get them off is I, I told them, y'all got about two seconds before I freak out because I'm, I'm, like, real, like, when I'm in tight spaces and I can't move, I'm going to just start – I'm going to start biting. I'm going to start – I'm going to just go for <laughs> for survival, you know? Yeah. And they got off me, and everything was fine. It was over and done with. And then yesterday, because this was Saturday, yesterday, um, I was like, man, I feel kind of sore. You know, and and then the soreness just kept getting worse and worse <laughs> and worse and worse. And, and now I'm just really um, 
I'm sore to the point where I barely could get up to come into work today, <laughs> and now I'm sitting here icing as as we do the show. Oh, so there man. you go. I, I am literally on from the weekend IR. Yeah, you guys are all pro. Like, uh, what are that, we, that yeah, mother I mean, sucker on, man. is strong, bro. Like, I felt the strength in him. Like, I had him pinned in the corner and couldn't get a hold of him. And I, you, you know how you just, you're like, you just really, like, LeVar, what are you doing? Like, just say stop. Like, swallow your pride and just say, okay, 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 okay we're good. But I didn't, and we kept going, and, and now I'm paying for it. So, nah, I'm, I think I'm a young see, bull. Oh, bro. You know? I think I'm going to go see a bacchiotomy, too. Like a bacchiotomist um, now because my back is gone. It's out of there. I mean, come on, Ugh. man. Doctors say I need a bacchiotomy. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. We'll, get you, uh, we'll get you rolled out during the break. <laughs> How about that? Get you, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, I, yeah. I'm hoping I oh, can stand no. up yeah. straight when I get out of the seat <laughs> to leave today. Uh, yeah, you haven't gotten yeah. up once. No, so you're you not even trying that? to. No. He, he literally hasn't moved. And he I have not taken the ice off either. Y'all notice that? Yeah. Yeah, nope. Um, Lee, uh, you had uh, what, what happened with you there, buddy? Man, He's I, smiling I got, about it. Too. I got I got stung by a bumblebee this weekend, wow. man. Right, right in the neck. How and that, that thing uh, is like inflamed right now. Today. Oh damn! <laughs> <laughs> hey, it looks like it might is have it? a crazy whitehead on it. Look, like you got oh, bit by the chupacabra, oh, man. Jesus, <laughs> like a cicada or something got a hold of him. It, it looks, it's pretty inflamed. What? Uh, did any allergic reaction? Are you sure you're not allergic? I, wa- I honestly wasn't sure. I, I got stung one time as a kid, right in the same spot when it crawled in my helmet. Pop Warner football, yeah. Hmm. I'm allergic to bees, so if that were me, I wouldn't be here. Uh, I would be uh, laid up in a hospital somewhere. I mean, uh, it's not. Lee's good. a baller because he has definitely got a big old lump on his neck. Looks like Carson Wentz. Are you are you allergic? <laughs> it's a. I mean, it's, it's a lump. It swells up. I don't. But <laughs> that thing is inflamed. I mean, when did it happen, raised. Lee? Saturday. It's yeah, an, that could an, be bad. Yeah, that Lee, could be bad. It might Lee. be allergic, that might be infected man. or yeah. something. It might <laughs> some be. sort of special bee. Yeah. Now, I, do, I would be putting on like hand sanitizer. On, I would be trying to keep that thing as sanitized as when, when you when you pulled the when you pulled the stinger out, did you pull it out or did you scrape it with like a credit card? Dude, it was like one of those slow motion things. I was in a jacuzzi actually, and I just I felt it on my neck, and I knew as my hand was by reaction just going for it. I was like, I should not be reaching for this. I think it's a B, and of course, I I swatted it. Stung myself. Oh, man. Ah. That's too bad. Had, so the somebody somebody might, else had to pull the sticker out. I about to say, yeah. so is it still in your neck? Yeah, Maybe you, that's you, why it's so, Lee, so inflamed. You don't pull it out because you're squeezing the venom into your body. You scrape it out with like a card, like a they, credit card. What do you mean, venom? Yeah, whatever's well, inside of it. The stinger. Venom. Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah. Bees now venom. venom. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe ah. it's booze, sack, Brady. Yeah. I don't know what's inside Jeez. a bee. All right. I haven't done a bee autopsy in several years. Venom stinger. Yeah, whatever. Venom. Booze. I don't know. Snake? Yeah, I have no idea. Listen, I, there's something inside right. there that causes problems. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have it's called this. a stinger. My, uh, my daughter flooded a toilet this weekend. Yeah, just like her daddy. No, no, yeah, no. just like her daddy. The best part was, and, and God bless her soul, she tried. She tried to clean it up herself, which I was like, Aww. you can't be mad, you know. She's like, tried to reach into the toilet to like help the toilet. <laughs> she put too much toilet paper in. Oh yeah. And so when I found her, she was like so scared that I'd be mad. I was like, oh, I can't be mad at this little sweet face. I feel so bad. That's all right. <laughs> Wet floor. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 